It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who was the biggest star from the Cowboys joint practice with the Chargers? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 locked on. Locked on. Welcome back to the Lotton Cowboys podcast, part of the Lotton Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. Uh, sounds like we had a pretty spirited day at practice yesterday, so I'm excited to talk about that. Um, getting close to the weekend, which means another preseason game, which means yeah. another week closer to the NFL football. So uh, all these things are excited, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, which we'll talk about the preseason game tomorrow, kind of getting re- you ready for that. But let's yeah. talk about yesterday's practice, which I got to see most of because NFL Network decided to do a whole show on it yesterday. We got to see all the team drills, a lot of seven-on-seven seven stuff. And Landon, I, you and I, we might have one of the, the same takeaways from practice, but for me, it's Israel Makamu, safety. Uh, but I want, I want your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Makamu is a guy that we've kind of been waiting to hear more and more about, right? Like in a very safe, what's become a very safety crowd, a uh, very crowded safety room. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of continually see new names sort of come out as, as, uh, you know, the, the flavor of the week, but Makamu is a guy that skill set wise is just always very intrigued me. I mean, mm-hmm. he it was a cornerback coming out of USC he was obviously opposite starter at South at, Carolina, uh, by the way, South Carolina, I should say, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. USC. Uh, especially being yeah. from LA, I shouldn't say USC yeah, yeah. like that. The real uh, USC. Oh, wow. Uh, You know, starting opposite corner of uh, from J.C. Horn. And and, and I think, you know, the transition to safety last year, uh, you know, was was a work in progress. I mean, obviously, it's a a new position for him. I just think he's such a great fit. You know, he's his body type, his game uh, style. Can I uh, I just just really, really quickly interrupt you about his body type? Because he's always been big and long. Like he's always been six foot four, but he looks like he put on a lot of muscle. He's like finally growing into his frame. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you kind of would see him last year uh, kind of comparable to Nation Wright in body style, right? And they both put on weight this offseason, but the difference between Nation Wright and, and Makamu is still pretty striking, right? Uh, he's, he's, he's just rocked up throughout, and he's got long levers too. So, uh, and, you know, yesterday uh, just really kind of – and really not even just yesterday, but, you know, these last few days with, with Curse out – He's really shown uh, something and, and and shown the ability to make plays and, and be where he needs to be. So uh, I don't I don't really know if if uh, if I, I think it it, it means it shows you that he's he's definitely making a play for the fifty three man roster. But beyond that, I think I wonder if there aren't going to be you know more and more packages where they're using some more of these down roster safeties just because you know they, they've got ball they've got this guy. I know they like Tyler Coyle in, in certain in certain ways as well. 
uh, it just feels like they are going to get opportunities for these guys to be on the field. And, 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 and so we may, we may see uh, Mukwamu in the regular season, uh, you know, kind of rotating in or getting some opportunities just based on what we've seen so far these last few days. Yeah. I want to talk about his role and how he's going to fit into the defense, but just three plays that caught my eye from yesterday's practice that I want to mention. The, the big one was, uh, I don't even remember if it was a team drill or a one-on-one drill, but he's carrying a wide receiver down the seam and it was Justin Herbert who threw the pass. And first of all, Mukamu just like blocks out the sun. Like he's just so much bigger than the receiver running down the middle of the field. Yeah. And Mukamu makes this incredible catch over his head, which I'm sure Justin Herbert thought there's no way that the safety is going to be able to get this ball. Just an incredible interception. In team drills, uh, they're, I'm trying to remember who the tight end was. It might have been Gerald Everett. They throw a pass to a tight end in the middle of the field. He does a little peanut punch, picks up the ball, and runs it in for a touchdown or whatever, right? The third one was actually one that he lost on, but it was a it was a route against Jalen Guyton, former mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboy, where he's covering Guyton one-on-one on the outside, and there really wasn't a lot of separation. It was just a fantastic throw by Herbert, but the confidence of a six-foot-four, 220-pound safety to try to cover Jalen Guyton one-on-one and not really give up any separation like that stood out to me. Like, even though that's a loss, I think it's kind of a, a win for him. Yeah. I mean, again, like with, with that kind of skill set, it's like you, you can do all those things you mentioned. You can be kind of a back end roamer on the seam and, and eliminate those seam type of routes. You can be a guy that if you need to, can drop down and frankly cover receivers if, if you need to, because yes. he obviously has the skill set there. So, uh, I, I, guys like uh, uh, Mukwamu, if, 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 he, if he can, you know, kind of uh, learn the other aspects of the position that, that don't necessarily come naturally to him as a cornerback, his corner skills and his combined with his size could make him for an incredible weapon. Just a, it's a matchup piece. You can use him as a blitzer. Clearly, you can use him in the run game. Uh, and the fact that you can also, if, if you need to, have him split out wide and cover a wide receiver and, and not just be in a total embarrassment. Uh, that's that's a really useful piece. I'd like to see if the Cowboys can get some packages where you have Makamu, J. Ron Curse is like a down box defender, and you can keep Malik Hooker on the field, right? You get these three. I mean, Hooker's more the free safety type, but the two six foot four guys in the middle of the field that just give you outstanding athleticism and length. It's Pretty fun. I, I I really just wanted to talk about him at the start because he's somebody we haven't spent a lot of time on yeah, yeah. so far in the offseason. But by the sounds of it, it seems like he's making that second-year leap. Yeah, he's he's had a, a good camp. He hasn't necessarily uh, had huge flashes, but he's been solid. Now we're starting to see a little bit more playmaking added in there as he's starting to, I think, kind of come around the bend a little bit. So. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting to see these kind of second-year players yeah. start to really step up. All right, let's get to some more practice notes. But before we do that, we want to tell you guys about LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so the network can help you find the right people to hire. 
simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk about Micah Parsons. I I know we talk about him every day. This could very easily be the Locked On Micah Parsons show. (laughs) But, I mean, he dominated again yesterday, which I feel like... We, we talked about this against the Broncos. He kind of ruined some of the team stuff there. Yeah. No. He did it against the Chargers once again. There was a play where he was lining up right over top of the center, got a sack. He beat Herbert to the edge on one play. I mean, the guy is just a superstar. Lane. I, I don't even know what question I'm asking you, but the floor is yours. I, you know, it's funny. I, I came up with this, uh, this uh, Micah Parsons uh, uh, syndrome. And, 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 and what it is is that, like, it's, it's the phenomenon that we have described earlier where he's destroying plays, but because they don't whistle the play dead when he, uh, he gets the sack, they keep going. So it's like this mirage that he's not like absolutely dominating and like destroying things because everyone's just kind of, okay, Mike can destroy the play, but we got to keep going. You know, it's like that it, that's what's going on. I feel like in a lot of the situations and, and when we're starting to kind of have it take notice is when he's doing it against other teams, right? When it's, when it's, uh, well, he's tapping Russell Wilson when he's tapping Justin Herbert. You know, that's to your that's point, there was this. a there was a prominent Cowboy beat reporter yesterday that said uh Cowboys give up a 15-yard pass in the middle of the yeah. field to Austin Eckler. And you watch the play, and Parsons runs by the center, taps Herbert on the shoulder before he even throws the ball. It's oh like, yeah. And 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 that happens a lot too. Like uh, uh, uh there was a there was a, another prominent, maybe the same prominent reporter who 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 tweeted something out like uh, uh, uh Cowboys defense gets gashed on the run, and Demarcus Lawrence had bust through the line and had touched the guy as he was receiving the handoff from the yep. quarterback. So I don't know if that would have been the the gash that it, it appeared to be. There's a lot of that in training camp, and that's why I think it's difficult sometimes to kind of fully take everything that the beat writers are you know saying at face value is because they're taking the video and trust me this is as speaking of someone who's done this they're taking the video and then tweeting out what they saw just in real time not like going back and reviewing the video and seeing actually what happened so uh but yeah i, I look i mean to kind of go back to the, the original point parsons is all over the place i mean again he was uh he was uh, sacking the quarterback, blitzing as a pass rusher. Uh, I, I saw somewhere else that he took Mike Williams up. He covered Mike Williams up the seam at, at one point by himself. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I've run out of things to say about Micah Parsons. It's, 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 it's kind of like, it's kind of like Des Bryant back in the day, right? Where it's like, yeah. 
what do you want me to say? He's very, very, very good. And we're all very excited. Yes. Yeah, that, so that's where we are with Michael Parsons. Yeah. Let, so let's talk about some other players that that were at practice yesterday. They just didn't destroy everything. Uh, Dak. Dak Prescott's numbers were not great yesterday. We should mention that CeeDee Lamb uh, has a cut on one of his toes. It's told it's just not serious. Even uh, Michael Galkin from the Dallas Morning News says you can't even really uh, count it as an injury. It's just like an ailment. Uh, he'll be fine. But without him... Cowboys receiving core yesterday had a combined zero career touchdowns in the NFL. So it's not surprising that they struggled a little bit. But what did you think of Dak's day? I would argue that the receivers didn't struggle yesterday. In fact, I think that a lot of what happened with the, 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 the numbers was almost exclusively on the running backs. The running backs themselves had at least three drops out of those 15 passes. So uh, I think what you look what what happened through the practice with Dak is that he had he started out just gangbusters like really came out accurate I think in seven and sevens he was perfect if I'm not mistaken and then even for the first I don't know like seven or eight passes uh in team he was he was uh he was doing very well and very was showing a lot of good accuracy he had a couple throws yesterday that we saw that that you know he probably would want back but it certainly isn't reflective of the kind of completion numbers that get posted by the beat writers right i I think that there were at least i saw pollard zeke and i'm pretty sure uh uh, dowdle also all three drop passes at different points uh and then another one where you felt like uh, turpin maybe could have gotten his hands on it but i i think overall you know the context here is that this was the nightmare scenario everyone was talking about this was the you know what happens if we don't have CeeDee Lamb and you go against uh, 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 Chargers defense? And frankly, it wasn't that bad. Like, frankly, it wasn't as bad as the sky falling as everyone uh, assumed it would be. Dennis Houston stepped up, made some, some catches. You saw Noah Brown, Sammy Fahoku had another incredible day. A nice um, sliding catch with Cooper Rush, I think, as quarterback. Yep. And the tight ends looked good. I I, I actually think, you know, the, obviously uh, 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 Schultz had a, had a fumble, but he – but he had it after a big catch and, and down the field on the seam. So I actually think that the passing offense didn't look terrible uh, considering it was the sum of all fears as, as we've been referring it to. It's just, it's so uh, I thought Dak had a mixed day, but, but, but the context there, I think with all that is he did, he did pretty well. Yeah. The one interception that he had bounced off uh, Ezekiel Elliott's hands. And I mean, you can argue that the pass came in a little hot, but, I mean, this is not something new with Zeke, right? Zeke is just not the best receiver on those kind of passes. But the other interception, he threw the ball down the field. Guy made a great play. It happens. It's it's joint practice. It's not a big deal. But overall, not too bad. But you can see the offense certainly lacks some explosiveness without C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't the same without yeah. C.D. Lamb. But it, it was functional. Yeah, they were able functional. to get the ball to, to Tolbert. They were getting uh, good gashes in the run game. Uh, they were moving the ball. So that's all very encouraging. Should talk about the offensive line really quickly. Tyler yep. Smith rotated in at left guard, uh, started. Connor McGovern came in, played a, lot, a bunch. Um, Tyron Smith played well, except for he got beat one time by Khalil Mack. Uh, what about Terrence Steele? How do you think he held up at right tackle? You know, I think in, it's not, I mean, again, we didn't, I didn't get to see, but it sounds like in, uh, in one-on-one pass drills, uh, pass rushing drills, he took some lumps, but I mean, that's not terribly surprising, right? Like that's a, that's a, uh, uh, this is the best pass rush duo in the league, right? Like, yeah. It's, and it happened. And they're also, you know, in, uh, 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 much like how the, the one-on-one pastoral is, is very 
unfair for the uh, the defensive backs. The the pass rush one on ones are very unfair for offensive linemen. Right? That, that there's just not a ton of times where you're isolated blocking one on one guys. You're usually working in a tandem. You usually have bodies around you to kind of help you. So uh, it's it's a difficult situation, you know, especially going against a guy like Joey Bosa. Uh, and Steele, you know, I think Steele took his lumps. I would say that overall between team and uh, the pass rush deals, it sounds like Steele won more than he lost, which is uh, which is very, very encouraging and incredibly encouraging. And I think uh, even to your point about uh, Smith, Smith won almost every rep except for one against uh, against Khalil Khalil Mack. Mack. So uh, I, those, those two are, are going to do that to offensive tackle duos all year long. Yeah, right? It's just going to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you're playing those guys, you have a plan for those guys. You, your plan is not, hey, let's I, let's let's uh, let these five guys want to one block. Yeah, five yeah, man protection seven, seven every drop, single. Let's go, baby. No, yeah, that's not exactly. Happening. No. So uh, I think that that's you know, and and it's funny because we had a, a very interesting conversation between two of our friends in a, in a DM group about you know how much uh, Bosa was going to destroy Steel, and then and then the counter argument was. Well, Bo- Steele had a very good game against Bosa, and I think that this shows you the difference, right? Like, if you put Steele versus Bosa one on one, I mean, Bosa's going to destroy Steele, but Steele can do that. the job when put in, uh, you know, in the context of the larger team and scheming and yes. protections and and doing what you need to, to protect your quarterback, and that kind of shows you the difference between the tackles, right? We talked about there's two types of tackles: one that absolute that needs help, and one that doesn't need help. Right, and the guys who don't need help are very rare. So, well, and I, actually, more- I, I think Pro Football Focus has a, a good way of breaking this down. They have like for offensive tackles, they have your pass block grade and your run block grade, and then they have your true pass sets grade, where you're it's one on one against the lineman. Right? I think if you put Steel against Bosa in ten one on one true pass sets. He might lose eight out of the 10, right? Maybe. But if you're a smart offensive coordinator, you're not going to do that, right? You're going to have you're going to have some jet sweeps. You're going to have tight ends chipping. You're going to have guys moving all over. Like in that context, I think Steele can actually hold up very, very well. But you just don't want him one on one, down in, down out, you know, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the scheme element is something that doesn't always get inserted into these yes. kind of competition parts of practice. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the defense, Lana, but just really quickly, Jill and Tolbert, I know you had a note on him and I thought it was really good. So uh, why don't you fill us in on how the Cowboys rookie receiver did yesterday? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, what we're seeing Tolbert is he's kind of at that stage now where he is where he's supposed to be. He's savvy uh, enough. You know, he understands the, 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 the calls and the, and the the checks and the tags and everything that's that's you know adjusting his routes or or, or maybe you know the the adjustments that he needs to make in route you know he's running option routes they've talked about that how he's been uh, uh you know being they've been using him in option routes and that and that kind of takes sort of advanced route running you have to understand what you're seeing on the fly and then make an adjustment based on that so I, I, that's all really well good I think where he is in his development now is. He's getting where he needs to be when he needs to be there. And the next step for me is finishing. I think what we've seen is that, you know, he's uh, he was really good at it in college. He was physical at the point of attack. He goes up and gets the football. I think what we're seeing him now is adjusting to the level of physicality that happens in the NFL at the point of contact. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the last step, right, of, of becoming a 
reliable NFL receiver is, is kind of you're doing all the things you need to do. And then when you get to the point where it's, it's, it's time to convert it to actually, you know, finish, that's where he's, uh, he's, he's locating his consistency at this point. That doesn't mean he's not going to, I think it's just, this is where he is in his stage of development. And frankly, that's encouraging. I think that that's something that he, because it was a skill set of his in college or something that he was good at in college. Uh, I think this is just an adjustment period. So the more of these snaps, the more of these opportunities he can have to, uh, you know, get physical at the point of attack when the ball arrives in an NFL game. I think the the more uh, consistent he's going to be at at that. And then, you know, at, at that point, he can become an incredibly reliable target for yeah. Dak because I, I think he's a guy that can he can create separation. He can get to where he needs to be. Uh, but in order for him to be the kind of reliable target we need him to be in the absence of Michael Gallup, you know, opposite of, of CeeDee Lamb, he needs to be able to convert those targets into catches uh, when when cornerbacks, DBs are being maybe sometimes too physical, but they're not going to call it all the time. I remember Michael Gallup's first training camp yeah. actually early on in the season was the same way, right? This was yeah. somebody who I think led the nation in contested catches and all that kind That's of right. stuff. But it's just a jump when you get to the NFL and being able to do it. And I remember by the 2019 season, like he kind of changed his body. He was a lot stronger and you could tell like he was making every catch at the catch point. I got a feeling something similar is going to happen with Jalen Tolbert over the next year. It might not be right away, but over the next year. I think the difference in playing style between these two players will actually help accelerate it more for, for Tolbert, right? Because Tolbert coming in, like if you go watch his tape, the dude's physical. He's mm-hmm. like, and he has a, a, a demeanor about him, right? Like a, a dominant demeanor about him, an alpha dog demeanor that, you know, Gallup doesn't necessarily have because that's just not necessarily his personality. I guess what I'm getting at is I, I have strong confidence that this is something that he's going to develop soon because he has a, an element of dog to him, right? And you just feel like he is not going to uh, like losing yeah. at the point of attack. And so I think he's going to work at it hard, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is something that develops very quickly for him. All right, I want to I talk about the Cowboys' coverage in general. But before we do that, a PSA from drive, drive Sober or Get Pulled Over. You're hanging out with some friends, and you're putting uh, back a few drinks. A few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. And you think about calling for a ride, but nah, it's no big deal. Your house is just down the road. What are the odds that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence That's why our police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save as many lives as possible. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys coverage. Uh, we talked about Israel Makamu a little bit. We should mention that Jordan Lewis pulled a hamstring late at the end of practice. He believes he'll still be ready for week one. We'll see. But how do you think the Cowboys coverage did overall? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the defense was really uh, the harder of the two sides to kind of get the most information on, right? Because the the, the broadcasts from what we saw were mostly on the offensive side. Um, even the, the, the broadcasts that you saw from DallasCowboys.com were mostly you know offensive reps. But from what it sounds like, the coverage was really good. I mean, the, you didn't hear – look, uh, Justin Herbert has got one of the best arms in all of football, you know, and they've got a team that can attack down the field. You didn't hear a bunch about them, you know, making deep strikes, getting down the field. I think there was one play that they made down the field, but for the most part, uh, uh, Herbert was having to dump the ball off a lot. Uh, Herbert was getting sacked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the thing about it too, is we talked, we, you know, we could talk about the coverage, which apparently sounds good, but I think the other part was that Herbert was under assault for a good portion of the day, not just from Micah Parsons, uh, Osa got in there. Gallimore got in there. So I, I think, you know, I think uh, Basham had an interception. Oh, we should again. mention this is a, still a pretty good offensive line. Like Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, uh, Corey Lindsay, Matt Fyle. Oh, it's a good offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, overall the defense played extremely well. And, 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 and at the very least they weren't, uh, you know, we talked about McQuamo already, but, but, but at the very least, just kind of speaking from a 10,000 foot view, they didn't get any passes down, any throws down the field, or at least very few. I think those are all very positive, uh, uh, you know, of developments for this team that that is going to rely on its defense pretty heavily. Every all the reviews so far through two different teams' practices, they've been pretty good. And you know who doesn't want to lose a spot in the fifty-three man roster? Terrell Basham. He just keeps yeah. making plays, man. I I don't know how you cut that guy. Yeah, you know that's the thing about Basham, and, and even last year, right? Is that it's like he's not. He doesn't seem necessarily impressive, you know, kind of as on a down to down pass rush situation, but he, he knows how to make plays. He's, he's got good hand eye coordination. He catches the ball when it's near him, he picks it up. And he, he just he, gives you such a high floor as that yeah. like, final defensive end on your roster. And he right? could do, and he could do a lot of things. Like you, yeah. you saw him last year, he was, they'd kick him inside, you know, they, they, they just used him in a lot of ways. So, uh, and, and look, just to kind of throw this out there, I Fowler also had a sack yesterday. So it's not like, the competition isn't fierce down at the bottom of the defensive end roster. It, it is. Um, but I, 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 yeah, I mean, it's Basham's definitely making a case and look, I, I, I kind of want him on the team. I, I like having that veteran presence down, down in the rotation because y- you feel like, you know, in that kind of mid third quarter area, right. Where mm-hmm. you, you guys that you, you, you've been playing for most of the game are tired and you need to get your, marquee guys off the field so you can have them ready for the fourth quarter when you need them having a guy like basham just creates a nice high floor for what what you're getting out of your defensive ends and and i think it's valuable and not only that but like when you have these stretches that the cowboys always have where you're playing sunday thursday thursday yeah it's nice to be like hey basham you played 22 snaps last game we're gonna up you to 35 this week on a short week because Demarcus Lawrence isn't going to be able to give you 50 snaps this week, right? On a short, that's where it's valuable to have a guy like Basham. So I wonder if the Cowboys are going to go maybe a little lighter at linebacker 
right? Because you can maybe count Parsons as a linebacker. So you can keep an extra guy like Basham. We'll see. I know that's we're still a couple of weeks away from that, but I want him on the I want him on the team. He's just too good of a player to cut. I will say that it, it I think it really helps that some of these down roster wide receivers have special teams uh, uh, chops because I think that helps you kind of have a little bit more flexibility in what you're doing sure. defensively. You're not having to force your down roster linebacker, all of your down roster linebackers, or having to keep extra linebackers necessarily to fill out your special teams. That allows you to actually take the best 53 as opposed to having to make so many concessions for special teams. I absolutely agree. Uh, all right. That's it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On Fantasy Football Show. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves, the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. You can follow our show wherever you find your podcast. Also check us out on YouTube. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB and get his wrong takes about chicken wings. You can what? follow me at Marcus underscore Moja, the number one boneless wing fan <laughs> in the world. Uh, I'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.